Welcome to the Fellowship Regional Church Podcast. Let's stand and we'll read God's word and then we'll get going. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 43 through 48. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, that, uh, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let me pray. God, we ask that you will open up our hearts and our minds. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will get our, uh, our good intentions out of the way. That we, will, we will just listen to what you have to say, and you'll give us the courage to step out and trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, two announcements before we get into this. Um, if, if you use iTunes, if you use iTunes, our, our sermons are now on iTunes, so you can go to the little search box in the iTunes store and you can search Fellowship Regional Church, and then our little crest will come up. You'll see the little black and white crest, and then uh, our sermons will be uh, posted there. If you are an unbelieving uh, pagan and you use an Android phone, then um, we will... We will put the link on Facebook, um, and while you're sacrificing baby animals or whatever it is that you do, Android users, um, you can look on Facebook, and you can find it there until we figure out something else for you. <laughs> Second announcement, um, we are going to start a series next week on marriage. Um, so when I say marriage, here's what I mean. For... Like if you were at the dating range until not dead, like this will be a good series for you, okay? Like dating range to not dead, you'll, you, you, can, you can grasp some pretty good stuff out of this. Not because the material is all original to me, it's not. Uh, there's several people who've contributed uh, to this kind of, this, this information, this study. But I'm, I'm excited about it. It's my favorite study ever. Some of it will sound familiar. If you've done any premarital counseling with me or marriage counseling with me, then you will, you will hear some very familiar things. But it'll be out of the Song of Solomon. If you want to get a head start, you want to spice up uh, husbands and wives, you want to spice up um, your life a little bit, go ahead and read that before you go to bed at night. Okay, the two of you, just, just climb into bed. Who's going to read first? I'll read first and then go ahead. I don't even need to say anything else. Okay. Some of you are like, what'll happen? I don't know. Just, just read it. Just read it. See what like, if, you, if one of you doesn't blush at some point, you know, whatever. You don't have to read it again. But you will. So uh, those are the two announcements I wanted to make. Uh, let's get into it. Jesus says, you have heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. I, I've never actually heard that. I've never actually heard that. In fact, Jesus is quoting, the first part of that is a quote from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, where it says, love your neighbor. But if you read the passage, it doesn't say anything about hate your enemy. Did Jesus misquote the Bible, like his own Bible? No. What happened is this. The teachers of the day 
would oftentimes take a passage. Remember, we've talked about this. The law was written for, there's an E word, you remember? Efficiency. The law was written for efficiency. It wasn't, it wasn't all-encompassing every single detail. And so there's little spots of silence where it seems like God doesn't speak. This is one of them. Love your neighbor. And then God doesn't say anything else about what I should do with my enemy. And so the teachers of the law jumped up and said, well, I know. If you're supposed to love your neighbor, then you're probably supposed to hate your enemy. Well, that's awfully helpful, isn't it? Especially for me in intersections, you know? Get moving. Lose my, you know, let's go. Hey, for life, 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 life. Jesus and says, who's my neighbor? 
And it says, because he wanted justified. Who's my neighbor? Could you write out the specifics of exactly who I need to be nice to and who I can hate? To which Jesus' response was, well, did you ever hear the one about the Samaritan? No, go ahead. So a guy gets mugged on this road between Jerusalem and Jericho. A Levite walks by, other side of the road, terrified, scared, doesn't want to get unclean and all this. A priest walks by, does the same thing. Then another guy came by. He picked him up. He dusted him off. He put oil on his wounds, hauled him to the hotel, bought him a week at the Super 8. And he was a Samaritan. And he looks at the guy and he says, which one was a neighbor to the victim? The guy couldn't even say Samaritan. All he could say was, the one who showed mercy? Go and do likewise. Mm. Go be like a Samaritan when I grow up. The half-breeds, they called them. Half-Jew, half-Gentile. Go be nice to them. No, don't go be nice to them. Go be like them. His question was, who's my neighbor? Jesus takes this thing and turns it all the way over on its head. Ask this question to yourself. Who is your enemy? Here's the bad news, real bad news. Asking who is my neighbor is a whole lot easier than asking who is my enemy. Because I don't know about you, but rarely is it somebody who I do not know who has crushed me. It's typically somebody I love. You know? We are rarely hurt by an acquaintance. We are mostly hurt on a, on a soul level by somebody who we love. So then we say, then who is my enemy? Well, who are you bitter against? Who, who are you ignoring? Who are you holding a grudge against? Who are you giving the silent treatment? See how it works its way into our homes so quick? It crawls right into the marriage bed, kind of looks at both of you like, so are we going to talk about this or not? Because an enemy can be somebody you share a bed with. Somebody who has wounded you, you have refused to address the problem, you just want to be bitter and angry in hopes that she'll figure it out. Super grown up, by the way. Super grown up. Bitterness, that's that holding that thing over somebody's head after they have visibly changed. There is significant history of them being a different person than the one that exists inside your mind. Yet, you hold their sins from long ago against them. Not fair. Not fair at all. You see, typically it's somebody who is very, very close to us. Who is my enemy? Pray for those who persecute you. Listen, people can drive by and holler stuff at me all day long from wherever they want to drive by. And if I don't know them, guess what? My feelings aren't hurt. But if one of you drives by and says something nasty, I'll cry. You know what I mean? Like, this is the way it works. Can you believe that guy said that? That hurt my feelings. This is what happens to us. It's not just random hypothetical situations that Jesus is talking about. Well, you know, like if somebody at the skating rink who you don't know pushes you off your skates, you need to turn the other cheek. 
Well, this never happened to me ever in my life. I fall down by myself. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any... Rarely am I getting in a fight or an argument or somebody hurting me who I just now met them a minute ago. It's always somebody close to me. Here's what I think. I think Jesus was preparing us for church. Can you think of a more divisive place in the universe? Welcome to the church. We're so glad you're here. Are, are you pro-choice? See what I mean? Like we cannot stop drawing lines in the stand. Cannot. We want to offend, cut off, make sure everybody looks like us, talks like us, believes like us, and then that's what we do. So are you good? Are you, are you sure you're a Republican? High five. Do you know the secret handshake? Do you go to the golf course? Are you kidding me? Well, it doesn't work. I think Jesus was preparing us for church. Learn how to love somebody who does not agree with you about homosexuality. Do that. Be in the same room, love them, coexist with them, work with them, have a friendship with them, and not agree. Can we just establish this for just a minute? That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Like, that is a, that's an okay deal. Like, we can... It's all right. Jesus isn't looking at us like, I can't believe you're not shunning them. Shun them. That's not Jesus. Come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden. That was Jesus. Not, do you vote Republican? Of course, at this point, whatever, right? Like, I've never had political schizophrenia in my life. And now I'm like, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like, I'm so... Same thing. But you see what I'm saying? Like, be in the same room. Somebody who does not agree with you. Love them. I love this word. Jesus uses this word, love. The word love is not the word that we use for love. The word we use for love has something to do with feelings, Right? Oh, I love that. Did you see so-and-so's Instagram? Love it. <laughs> like, that's not what Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is talking about is love on the side of this. I am making a willful decision, disconnecting my heart from my head, and choosing to serve and love in spite of what everything is going on inside of me and how I believe. That's real love. That's real love. Because here's, what's ha here's what will happen. The minute you can disconnect the two and you don't let your heart lead, but you let your mind and your obedience lead, here's what will happen. Your heart will be like, okay, fine. Okay, fine, I'll do it. But listen, if you let your heart do it, uh-uh. Your heart doesn't want any friends. It's selfish, right? It doesn't have enough positive work history to trust, okay? If it came in and it had a job application in its hand and it wanted to work for you, your heart, you would look at its work history and it would be, no, got fired, 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 led me into a bad relationship, got me to a bad business. This is your heart. Jesus says, I need you to love differently, not from this overabundance of, oh, it's so awesome. Uh, are you kidding me? No. Jesus said, decide it. I'm going to love them. Here's where I learned that. From my wife, who, who I think 
does that for me. Okay, I see. Okay, okay. He is manic today. Super. But I'm choosing to love you because it's not coming from here, you know? And it's a real thing. And Jesus uses this word, love your enemy. I need to feel differently? N- no, you may, not, you may not feel differently. But God is asking us to refocus our attention, not on the person, on the offender, but put it on God. Let me give you an example. I think I've got an example in here. Where are they? Right here they are. You see, love your neighbor... Sounds a lot like. Tolerate a moron. You know what I mean? Love your neighbor sounds like tolerate. Love your neighbor is kind of that deal of like, well, I mean, I didn't punch him. That was pretty gracious of me, you know? Like, that's not love. That's not the same, that's not the same thing. Love your neighbor doesn't mean, well, I mean, I didn't act in violence. They should be thankful Really? You're a Christian. You're a Christian. God has called you to be something other than what you already are, okay? So it's not tolerate a moron, okay? That's not what it is. See, God calls us to refocus ourselves back on him, not on the offender. I turn myself away. That's how, it's, that's how you disconnect the heart and the head. You know what? I'm not loving this person because they deserve it. I'm not. Just like God did not love me because I deserve it. I don't deserve it. I like the verse. He sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, the sun on the just and the unjust, depending on what your translation says. I mean, that's... God is God sends it regardless. Did anybody did, did, does anybody deserve the rain? Any of you? Deserve the sun? You know, in the dead of winter, do you know it's going to get cold at some point and we're going to be like, "I wish it was a thousand degrees like it was last summer," you know? Do any of us deserve that? Farmers, are you living such lives that you deserve for God to come and make sure that he rains or brings more sun? Or dries out your crop. Is that, is that built on you and God's relationship? Well, let's hope not, huh? He sends it regardless. Why? Because God made a choice about himself, not about us. God didn't look at us and be like, aren't they cute? Because we weren't. We do that with babies, but then there's like an age, you know, to where you're like, they're terrible, aren't they? They're they're so, they're demons, really. Really, they are. And that's what happens. And I'm quite sure God has looked at us and been like, it's a good thing for Jesus, and I would get you. Get you. But what God has done already, who God is. We do not love our enemy because of who they are. We love our enemy because of who we are. It's not tolerate a moron. It's not even like put up with an idiot. It's not put up with an idiot. Extend love to your neighbor. Let me read you this verse. It's such a cool, such a cool, cool verse. 
Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Fail. <laughs> so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Why do we love? Why do we, why do we disconnect our feelings from our head and then just make the decision? I'm going to love. Because of who God is. Because our relationship with him. Let me see if I can break it down for you. The word in there that I love is stars. So that you will shine like stars. Can I tell you something? I was having this conversation with a friend of mine this week. Twice this week. Never one time in the history of the world has somebody driven by uh, somewhere where somebody was picketing, okay, or screaming slanderous things to somebody who believes differently, protesting something. Never has somebody ever heard something really terrible and thought to themselves, you know, they might be onto something. I think I'll become a Christian. Never. Outside of an abortion clinic, nobody ever walks out as somebody is screaming, you're a murderer! You're a murderer! Not one time have they ever stopped and went like, you know, I've never thought about that before. <laughs> what church do you go to? Well, uh, well, I go to the Baptist church. You guys seem so loving, you know? Could, could I come with you sometime? Well, yes, that's wonderful. I would love to know more about your Savior. Does he inspire all of your good works? Well, no, he actually disagrees with most everything I say. This doesn't happen. In fact, I imagine we're doing a whole lot more harm than we are good. God calls us to be different. Shine like stars. You want to know the, here's the genius of God's word. The genius of God's word is that it is absolutely universal. Do you know what? Every single person in the world will deal with. Every single person. This is how universal God's word is. Every single person in the world will be hurt by somebody they love. Everyone. Parents will disappoint children. Children will disappoint parents, boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters, moms, dads. Everybody will disappoint somebody in their lifetime. God asks us to refocus on who he is. It's a story. John. Um, Jesus is teaching, and some men show up, and they bring a woman. And this is a woman who was caught in adultery living a promiscuous life of some sort. And they bring her in and they throw her down in front of Jesus and they say, hey, here's the deal. She deserves to be stoned with rocks. You know what I mean? Like, stoned. Killed with rocks. Um, and so Jesus gets down. Check this out. This just cracks me up. Jesus, did you see what she, we just caught her. She was doing this and this and this. What do you say about that? And Jesus goes like this. This is what the Bible says. He begins to draw in the dirt. The 
Those are birds. Jesus looks up and he says, let you who are without sin get in the front of the line. You can go first. He looks up and it's just her. He says, ma'am, where have all your accusers gone? She said, they've all left. And he goes, hmm, well, I don't condemn you either. Leave your life a sin. Jesus, Jesus accepted the fact that she was broke. Yet I don't want to forgive my enemies. He overlooked hers, but I don't have to overlook anybody else's. He overlooks mine. Even though I'm a whore. And he stands and says, does anybody else accuse you? No. You can go. Leave your life of sin. Do you know what the response is for somebody who is forgiven of their sins? It's not to hold the sins of others over their head. It's the opposite. It is the opposite. God showed grace to us for what reason? To take the grace and transfer it, transfer it forward. That's why he showed it. This is the reason AA says, or NA says, you cannot keep it if you don't give it away. For you to keep it, it must leave you and go to somebody else. This is the reason why. Somebody showed you grace. Somebody showed you mercy. Thus, give. Listen, I don't know how cold the marriage is. I don't know. But let me tell you something. A marriage can get cold quick. Quick. Amen? Some of you are like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> She's here with me, and I'm not saying things are good. You shut up, pal. <laughs> it can get cold, cold, quick. Real quick. And we hold on to these little bitty things. I don't typically do, <laughs> I don't typically do this. But since I don't like to use this as therapy, but I need to share a story with you just to share a story with you. My wife and I got in a really stupid argument um, like a couple of weeks ago. It was something really important. Uh, it was the <laughs> garden hose. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Like this is... Like, this is how this stuff happens. It's just so, I'm the kind of guy I need to process information, you know? Like, I need to process it out loud so that I can kind of get it out because if stuff sits inside my head very long, it gets contaminated and I create a hypothetical. Like, you know what it's like here? Like, this is what happens in here like times 10. So, like, I need to get this information out so that it doesn't like 
poison the water hole. We've got to keep this thing clean. And I had noticed she likes to mow the grass because she likes to be in the sun. Last time she'd mowed, she'd taken the 197 feet of garden hose that we have, and she tied it in a 67-foot knot. Just, just a thing that happens. Just a thing. You know? Just a thing that happens. It's no big deal. But it's in the way, mowed by it. It's in, pick it up, throw it over the other side. And I don't know how that happens. You know, I don't have any idea how that happens. But you take a garden hose and you can, you can move it four feet from where it is. And I promise you, you've got like four square knots and like two sailor's knots. At the, it's terrible. It's terrible. I had noticed this a couple of weeks back. I didn't say anything. I told myself to grow up. You need to grow up, pal. Grow up. Just get right over it. Grow up. And so I did. I thought. But then I needed to like water the horse or, or something. And I went out to grab it. It's coiled up. Nice, you know, I don't know, 200 feet of water hose. The horse trough, it's like 25 feet away, 25. I just need to go 20. I got 200 feet, 25 feet. I just need to go 25 feet. I got three and a half feet of water hose. It's tied in a knot. So me and Jesus are trying to have a conversation. He's trying to talk to me and I'm not listening. And he's like, hey, 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 hold, Lord. Like, my, I'm not right right now. I know. Like, you should have talked about this a couple. I know. I should have talked about it a couple of weeks ago. But now, somebody poisoned the water hole, tied the knot in the hole. <laughs> she comes outside. Everything good? Um... Do you do this on purpose? <laughs> what do you mean? This water hose thing, this water hose trick you do? And she's like, what do you mean? Because it's in a knot again. And she says, what? Well, I couldn't move it. You obviously moved it because it's in, it's in a knot. Yeah. Well, I know, but I mean, I couldn't move it very good. I had to just kind of like, piece at a time just yeah that's called braiding is what that is you just braided it together is what you did needless to say conversation escalates a little bit more so i'm just curious about a couple different things are is it just now check now listen this is wrong i already had to talk to the lord about it i had to apologize to my wife because i was way out of line but i, I want to be honest is it this is what i said it's bad is it just laziness or is this just a big screw you? What is it? Oh. Have you ever said something and it was like out? It's just out. There it went. Huh. This is going to go bad. There it was, just floating around like, shouldn't have said that. Bye, no. I Come back if you... Not coming back. That's great. Stuck. Conversation over the top. Like, she's like, what in our history suggests that I would say or do either of those things? And, of course, then at that point, you'd be like, nothing. I shouldn't have said that. Like, it's just, no, because she, now she gets a turn to be angry. Wah! You know, she gets mad, and I'm mad. So this is how the conversation ends. You know what? Here's the deal. I'm sure I'm wrong, and I'm insane, and I think you're insane right now. And we're not going to get on the same page 
can we just leave this right here at the spigot? She goes, yes. And I'll be like, and it's going to be okay? Say, yes. And you're not going to kill me in the night? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> we didn't have that part of the conversation. But like, can we just leave it here? Yes. Okay. We went inside. Hey, we never talked about it again. We just, ne- we just left it alone because we knew. Like, we had both messed that thing up. So there's no untangling it. It just had to be, I forgive her, she forgives me, I'm an idiot, she tied it in a knot, I'm okay with it, we can move on, I forgive her, we're not talking about it. And this is what it became, this disconnect from the heart, this disconnect from the offense, and it was just a head game at that point, no, talk it down. You know what, can you believe she, no, not talking about it. I think she tied that on purpose. I don't care, I don't care, I'm going to go outside and tie it in a knot on purpose myself. No, not doing it. (laughs) That's his bad husband. (laughs) What happens is Jesus looks at us and he forgives our sins. And he overlooks the fact that we are messing it up. He calls us children. Seventeen times God, the word father is used in the Sermon on the Mount. Seventeen times. What do you think that suggests? That we are children. You see, there's an identity that needs to happen in the midst of our enemies. When we are face-to-face with an enemy, somebody who has offended us, hurt our feelings, crushed us, broke our heart, left us out in the cold, there's a thing we have to do, and that's this. Focus on our Father. Take your eyes off the offender, recognize your identity, look to your Father. You know what? You forgave me. You loved me. I appreciate you. I love you. Give me a heart to love them. That's the call on our life. That's the call on our life. I've shared this with you before. You ever heard of a Dan and Crush cup? You seen them before? Dan and Crush cups? Yogurt things? You're not supposed to use a spoon. You pop the lid off and squeeze it. The yogurt kind of comes up and you kind of, it's kind of gross, really. When my, when my oldest daughter was young, she had one. She loved them. She went and she got one. She comes running through the house. They had one of those little galley kitchen you could kind of circle. Here she comes. She was like two. Hey, look how fast I am. All the way through the deal. She comes running through. She comes cry, just sliding into the living room, trips, hits the ground. Now, it's called a crushed cup for a reason. And when her hand hit that deal and she landed on top of it, she painted the sofa and the wall. (laughs) Just yogurt. I mean, just floor, just just painted everything. Of course, it was sad, and she looked up, and she's kind of crying. I made a mess, no. made a mess. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what a disaster. So my wife walks over and she crawls down on the floor. And I'm like, what is, what is going on in this party? And she walks over. Now, 
I'm kind of the fun, creative, like that kind of, but I'm watching her and I'm thinking, where's she going? Like someone's going to probably die of, of this situation, you know? She crawls right down on the floor and she goes, that's okay. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. She goes, but there's yogurt all over the floor. And so my wife, she cuddles right down on the floor. And she goes, it's no big deal. Look, I can write my name in the yogurt. And she writes, Kate, all over her mess. I'm sitting on the couch, the Lord looking at me like, you're an idiot. Do you know that you are? And I'm like, that's so, so, so brilliant. So brilliant. It says Jesus. Because that's what God sees when he looks at me. Because Jesus came along and wrote his name all over my mess. Crawled down on the floor, came to earth, left glory and all of everything that he had to join me in this crap hole and write his name on my debt. We forgive. Because of that, because of that alone, we forgive. This is the reason, because we are called to transcend our humanity. Like, it's not enough just to be human on this earth. It's not enough. The world will change when they look at us and they go, how do you love somebody who screwed you over so badly? Well, I mean, it's not easy, but... I mean, God did that. God, God made it okay. He wrote... He wrote his name on my problems. I can cover somebody else's. I can cover somebody else's.